1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Jacob Sanderson. We are doing a weekly DFS podcast, uh, normally going to be recorded on Thursday mornings. Uh, Jacob was not in the physical location in the Western United States that he intended to be this morning, so we pushed it back to the afternoon. We're recording this about two hours before kickoff on Thursday night. Jacob uh, I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad that you're safe and and sound in your hotel room in Las Vegas.
0: are we are we gonna leave with that story? I mean it's pretty funny now that it didn't actually cost me anything material
1: Yeah are you I mean you gotta yeah. tell the story
0: Okay so okay, so I live in Vancouver um, and I'm traveling to Vegas. I could not take the direct because I had an appointment in the morning so I'm flying Vancouver to Calgary, Calgary to Vegas. For the 0.6% of your listenership, that has been the Calgary airport before. They will know that it is the most confusing US terminal ever because what you have is you have a bunch of gates that go to all the different destinations in WestJet. And then you get checked through at that gate. So you like show your boarding pass, they scan you through, but then you don't actually go on the plane. You go into a different hallway of which there are several other chutes and ladders and you have to pick the right one and then go on the plane which normally isn't very hard because normally ideally you remember what your gate is because you're not a total stone idiot um and number 2 there's probably only one plane <laughs> available most probably <laughs> but yeah. in this particular case uh, I am a stone idiot and there were multiple planes available so what I did was I checked through E72 my Las Vegas gate at the exact same time we're boarding Las Vegas they're boarding a flight to Los Angeles E73 on the same airline at the directly uh, adjacent gate. And what my dumbass does is I think that I'm E73. I walk down E73, I go onto the plane. Wouldn't you know it's a full flight? But 13F, my seat is entirely open and waiting for me. So I plop down, I tune in to ship chasing, I listen to an exhilarating draft with Michael Leone. I get off the airplane, I walk out, I go, okay, how far is the hotel from this airport? and i entered into google maps and it it's tells like me that it's five four hours, hours and 46 <laughs> minutes <laughs> and i immediately i'm very curious as to why that's the case uh and my curiosity is immediately satisfied when i turn around and i see a tv screen that says welcome to los angeles california um at which point i was very confused as to how this happened i kind of put back together that i have all the gate stuff and then i run back and i'm like uh how did i get here uh <laughs> this is not my beautiful city. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful life. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, basically, we got a, uh, a shout out to spirit airlines. We got a $58 flight at six 40 this morning into Las Vegas, um, after spending a lovely evening in LAX, um, looking up DraftKings pricing and estimated ownership. And then uh, we made it to Vegas. We drafted in the main event. And now we're here doing this podcast. It's been a quite the adventure
1: the the craziest part of that story and i promise we will get to the dfs the craziest part to me is that there was no intervening step to me it feels like someone along the way for me is getting in the way and maybe it's just because canadian rules are different i don't know the canadian tsa is different but if you're like if you're trying to get on the wrong flight in america someone's stopping you that is that is not that is not happening in the united states of america you are not getting on the wrong flight like no way no how
0: right like so this actually got me thinking because like obviously i was not trying to do this but from now on like i'm never gonna book the correct flight like i'm gonna just book the cheapest possible flight out of calgary at all times and and the world is my destination <laughs> from that point like it's like when you're at the grocery store and you want to buy pine nuts And then you go to the self-checkout and like, you're not entering that you bought pine nuts. You're entering like fucking pecans or whatever. And you're getting, you're getting one over on big grocery with the pine nuts. I think that's what I'm going to start doing with flights. Like, and why stop at Los Angeles? Like I could, you know, I could be in Ethiopia right now.
1: You could be in Ethiopia right now, which is a great transition to Cincinnati and Cleveland. The first game, we're going to do this game by game. You know, I actually think of the contests that look to be, the most focused on by DFS players. I, I am less interested in this one because I expect the Browns to be rather run heavy to start the year, like more run heavy than the, the market is expecting. I expect Burrow to maybe have like a little bit of, uh you know, mobility issues coming back from this calf thing, like probably not enough to matter to a spread or anything, but enough that I'm not like laser focused on it. And Higgins, is expensive relative to the other guys with ceiling projections in that range, like using yeah. him as a one-off. Like for example, Higgins is more expensive than Calvin Ridley, Chris Olave, McLaurin, uh, you know, Chris Godwin, like whoever. And then Hooper is like free. So he's just going to be like 5,800. He projects, he's like one of the best points per dollar options on DraftKings. So yeah. It's a very attractive game on the surface, which leads me to not being that into it in DFS.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that with T. Higgins because the entirety of the offseason, we're like, man, T. Higgins, like, he doesn't project very well versus the other guys going with the two, three turn. And then that immediately manifests when you get to week one DFS. And you're like, man, all the guys we just drafted T. Higgins over uh, project better than he does. Um, I would tend to agree with you with this game. Like, it's gonna draw ownership. I think it can get a little bit ugly. Uh, I am I have no idea what to expect out of the Browns. I, I'm a little bit off, opposed to you on that. Like, I do think that they're going to throw it a good deal. Um, I speculated that basically Chubb's role won't change and Jerome Ford won't get the Dearness Johnson role. I think the difference is, like, you add a few more pass attempts, Watson takes on a few more scrambles, and, like, that becomes what remains of the Dearness Johnson. Does that make Johnson, you –
1: And Elijah Moore slappy because Elijah Moore is getting a good bit of pub this week I mean he would be getting more he would be getting more pub if there weren't all these three thousand dollar wide receiver options like he'll probably be in that seven to ten percent range just based off his affordability and people wanting to play Burrow and people wanting to play Watson
0: yeah he's a wait and see guy for me um but probably I would rather play Donovan Peoples-Jones, if I'm playing someone in this game, because no one will play him. And from like a ceiling perspective, I think, like I believe that Elijah Moore has a chance to earn the wide receiver two in route share over the course of the season. I doubt it's this week. Um, So I, I would generally be more inclined to play a DPJ who I feel like this week, he's going to be running 90% of the routes. He's going to be running the deeper route tree. We don't have to worry about Cedric Tillman yet. I think that's the more interesting play. You're only spending $500 extra for him. But I I would work in Elijah if I'm stacking this game. I'm not sure that I will be just because I'm not going to be playing a ton uh, of lineups. It'll be small field stuff. I don't know if this will make it in, but I'm open-minded. I foresee a game where Elijah Moore has like eight targets, six catches, 42 yards. And it's like he gets there, but he doesn't like really accomplish anything in a tournament.
1: I think, I mean, that feels like the most likely outcome, especially because the, I mean, the text of this week is that there is a lot of $3,000 plays who are quite viable. Like if Elijah Moore at 3,800 puts up 14, it might not be enough. might not be enough because there are are, like actual multiple $3,000 wide receivers. I mean, obviously depends on what ownership stuff looks like when we get to Sunday morning. But if, you know, Watson is the sixth most owned quarterback, Burrow is the third most owned quarterback, and Chase is the third most owned wide receiver, then you could talk yourself into Mixon and Chubb as leverage. Um, I'm not that into it. I'm not, maybe Chubb. Chubb Chubb just, like, I guess it's just copy and paste every single week as he's a leverage play, both, like, in in salary leverage and leverage against his teammates and his opponents, but I'm just not that
0: into it. That's yeah, all I got. there's there's enough options. I don't know if I'll be on Chubb, but he's always interesting.
1: All right, Arizona and Washington. Uh, I guess the the lead here is um, unless you are a Sim bro and you have a very good reason to be playing a 45% own defense in tournaments, just don't play the commander's defense. Like if you're no. Brian Hooper or Osimo or Uticao and you can show me the Sims that say it's actually plus EV to be playing this defense go ahead, but if you're not, then just don't do that.
0: I can't like, I can fathom that within the context of a particular lineup in which you're generating a bunch of leverage everywhere else, that maybe you're just like, I have enough, so I'm just going to play the way over on defense, but in a vacuum, really struggle to see how it's plus EV. There's a lot of good defense options this week. Like, I don't think that, like, when we've had weeks before where there's the really obvious defense is also really cheap. Yeah, like, there's usually not also a bunch of other 85% as good cheap defenses. And I feel like this week there's several options. So I I will not be touching the Washington defense. Um, But speaking of cheap options in great matchups, um, will you be starting my week one starting quarterback in the FFDC main event that I just drafted, Sam Howell?
1: So Howell is sort of uh people are are thinking about playing him in cash him versus anthony richardson um yeah. i do think that the way people will probably play him in tournaments is a single stack so they would do they'll just do howl and mclaurin or Howell and dotson i think right. you could maybe talk me into it being plus ev to do Howell, mclaurin dotson bring back a Cardinal, because that that is under the expectation that the Cardinals are able to score some level of fantasy points. I would probably opt for Michael Wilson. You could opt for Hollywood Brown, although he apparently has a hamstring injury, like the entire NFL has a hamstring injury. Uh, so Michael Wilson gives you, I mean, he's going to be sub 1% owned. He's providing you leverage on uh, Tutu Atwell and Marvin Mims and Puka Nakua, yeah. all of whom are, are going to be owned to some degree. And at that point, it's a real play whoever I mean you can play McCaffrey and Jefferson in that lineup
0: I think the only Cardinal I would play as a bring back is probably Trey McBride just because sure. it requires the least to get there like if he can just catch four balls at $3,100 that, that might be okay especially in a tight on week it's kind of a shit show with some of the injuries um I would consider Al because Richardson's giving him some cover right like I think if Howell was going to be a guy that was 12 13 percent owned then that seems a little bit gross. But if he comes in, in like the five to seven neighborhood, because Richardson is kind of the same archetype, I I think I I feel better about... The
1: only quarterbacks who are going to threaten double digit this week are Hertz and Herbert. I think everyone else will be sub, sub 10.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm open-minded to the Howell thing. Um, Arizona is, is horrid. I, I also think there's opportunities. Like I could see... Yeah. I could see people playing him solo where they're just like kind of entering like a proto cash lineup and just like, yeah. so he's going to run. I wouldn't do that. I would probably stack him with at least one player. And I, and I also think like, then the people who stack him, I feel like are going to feel compelled to play Arizona bring backs. And I, and I'm not, I'll play some McBride. I'm also perfectly comfortable not doing that at all. Um, and I don't know, like, is, would you say like at a very ceiling outcome, Howell stacks are probably negatively correlated with the commander's defense? Right
1: uh yes yeah i mean so I I, that think would be probably. that would be my base assumption
0: yeah right so like i'd way rather do that i'd way rather play this game through a Howell stack than play it through like commander's defense plus brian robinson log out
1: yeah i mean i do think brian robinson also is like a pretty decent play i mean he's outside the t- like for example when the running back chalk names are jamal williams Deion jackson alexander madison that is a point at which i'm comfortable saying Brian Robinson, yeah. even in a 60-40 with Antonio Gibson in this spot,
0: actually feels pretty good. Do you – okay, so do you think we're actually going to turn over the cards and Jamal Williams is, like, considerably more owned than Brian Robinson? Like, he just doesn't seem like a better pick to me. Like, they're, they have – they're basically going to have the same role to me. Yeah, I think I think Brian Robinson will be
1: 10 to 15 and Jamal will be 20 to 25 and stuff.
0: If Jamal is 20 to 25, and I'm almost even skeptical that he is – but if he is, that's like a horrendous click, because to me, there's three guys that are like archetypally the same this week, which is rushing, like dominate, dominating the rushing touchdowns on a team that is um in a very winnable spot and is probably going to not see any passing down work. And they're all like the same price, which is Robinson, Williams, and then Khalil Herbert, I think, is like also the, the third member of that triumvirate. Um, Williams has easily the worst matchup. Like I get, people think the Titans are bad, but if people like remember, as long as Vrabel's there, they will sell out to stop the run. They're the most passable right. defense. on and That's Earth. our. This is our our next game, anyway, So it's a good. Yeah. A good and Jamal transition. Williams sucks. So like Jamal Williams feels like I I want like, to push
1: back I want to push back on that a little bit because Jamal Williams sucked last season, which is funny because he scored all those right. touchdowns. As a member of the Packers, he was a perfectly cromulent running back. He could do, sure. he could do, he could do all right on third downs. He could catch a little bit of passes. Our boy, uh, I've been Kendra Miller pilled. He, I mean, it's it's Thursday. He has not playing, practiced right? yet. Yeah, so he's yeah. not going to play. So we're looking at a Saints backfield. I actually looked this up the other day on the Swolecast. So the Saints backfield. Yeah. Well, do you think Kirk
0: will win the RB two job on merit? I. <laughs>
1: Do you know do you know about Kirk Merritt? Do you know he's do you know he's a converted wide receiver?
0: Yes, because I actually the reason why I knew that he was a converted wide receiver is I believe that I was listening to a podcast that I'm pretty sure you were on. And I'm pretty sure you said something like, or I can't even remember. I, I think it might have been you. It might have been someone else it was like, they have something called a Kirk Merritt on their running back depth chart. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a wide receiver. And then I looked him up because I thought that someone had made an error and and you were correct that he had, he had actually converted from wide receiver.
1: So they have Tony Jones jr. On the practice squad. They'll call him up. Oh, he's back. Yeah. They'll okay. call, they'll call him. I guess he got cut by Seattle. So they'll call him up. Kendra Miller will be inactive on Sunday. I mean, you are looking like in cash, obviously I will probably just play Jamal Williams, but in tournaments, I mean, it is like the nut spot to fade, like the most owned running back. Where there is matchup and skill concerns. The 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 weird thing to try and deal with in this game is that Alave is going to be Stone Chalk. Alave is going to be owned right. in cash. A lot of, so like a great uh um flow chart of what to do with wide receiver ownership is if a wide receiver is a cash game play, whatever you think they're gonna be owned in tournaments, they're gonna be like 10% more owned than that, which is right. extra interesting because his teammates. Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid are not going to be owned at all. And it's Thomas is especially interesting. Cause you would think the market would just be like, well, yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas, like when he plays, he's fine. But right now I see like five to 8% projected ownership on him.
0: Yeah. And I see even less on places. So I totally agree. I think Thomas is a, is a very reasonable play because you're getting the double leverage. I think Williams is a horrible play, not like, not a horrible play, as and I think he won't score any points. It's just, that's to me like the picture perfect archetype of running back. You want to fade when they're owned. Like he's just, he's in this matchup for his level of skill. He probably requires 31 carries to get hundred yards into the bonus. And even if he's the guy running the routes, I, I don't think he's catching more than like three passes so if you're looking at
1: well i do think we'll get a lot of information about the saints offense early actually like if jamal williams gets crowbarred into six catches in this game that's like a buy signal on kamara and Kendra, i think
0: yes absolutely but like i just i mean maybe they use jamal because they're so down bad but they've used tony jones off the practice squad to run more routes than mark ingram like just last year like they, they literally did this exact thing last year um and then I mean, they were, like, you know, Benjamin, if he didn't tear his Achilles, was going to be playing, I think, every single third down for this team for the first three games. Like, because as soon as he got hurt, they were like, we need to work out career. Hunt, do did, did they still have Daryl Williams on this team, or has he been waived?
1: Uh, Daryl Williams has been waived,
0: but Lynn Bowden is on the practice squad. Okay, Lynn Bowden on the practice squad. So, I just, I, I can't shake the idea that they're not super enthused by using Jamal Williams on like a 100% snap share basis. I'm sure he's going to get every carry. But to me, he probably needs like one touchdown to be ahead and two touchdowns to bury me. Um, and I could just see this game being, you know, mostly gross. So if I'm playing either one of them, the owned guys, I think I'd rather play Olave. I, I agree with you. I think Thomas is great. I mean, you could even do if you really wanted to go crazy, you could play like Carr, Thomas, Jawan Johnson or something goofy. That's probably a little bit more Galbrain than I need to interest myself in. But um, I don't think it's like totally insane.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's pretty Galbrain. On the Saints side, honestly, I don't see anything that is all that interesting to me. I guess Traylon at, you know, 5,000 at like literal sub 1%. Not Will not be Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if I like the contests I mostly play are like the fifty dollar and the hundred dollar single entry. And my general experience, I think the only time I ever can recall playing a guy who literally didn't have a decimal in front of the didn't have a number in front of the decimal and it and, and I got the flame was Greg Dorch in week one last year. I think that's literally nice. my only experience of doing that. So Traylon is probably that's probably best ball brain, but it does feel like I guess I guess I just don't feel the need to do a bring back with the Saints. I guess is is really is really what it is. I, yeah. I'm with you on Jamal. If, he, if I was he feels... gonna do go ahead. If
0: I was gonna do Jamal, I probably would consider playing Burks, right? Because yes. like if I'm then then you then it's like, okay, do the chalk thing but make it unique. Since I'm not playing Jamal, I don't feel the need to play Burks. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think I actually I think that is uh that is a good strategy point. All right. This next game this is the game that I'm trying to figure out how to attack in a way that the entire field will not be joining me. The Baltimore Ravens playing at home to the Houston Texans. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously unbelievably good play. I, I I would be surprised if he doesn't end up getting giga owned in tournaments. Now there are a lot of cheap options. Musgrave uh, is, is super cheap. There, there are like a bunch of super cheap tight end plays. So like you you don't have to play Mark Andrews, obviously, but uh you should. What I am, what I am wondering is, what do we think it will shake out between Beckham Flowers and Bateman, and can you play two of those guys with Lamar?
0: Uh, I have no idea how it will shake out. Uh, I'm, if I were to guess, I don't know that there's like any wide receiver that runs ninety plus percent of the ropes Like I could just see them kind of rotating around when it's three wide receiver sets, they all play. And I'm not sure if it's always like one guy comes out when they go down to two wide receiver sets. Maybe we'll learn that. Um, Because I think all of them have inside-outside versatility. And we just have never seen this group together. Like, I guess the most surprising player to rotate out in two wide receiver sets consistently would be Odell Beckham. It'll just be like Bateman rotates out every time or Flowers rotates out every time. I think it could be a little bit of a mess. But you definitely get um a ceiling on on really all of these guys like I think that they're all like players I I mean back Beckham especially how he's using the goal line and I mean we've seen Bateman be an explosive player Flowers especially after the catch is a guy who has explosive ability so I'd be open to taking shots at any of these guys but I it would be definitely difficult to discern who to play I'm not sure I would do two I would do would you do a bring back
1: with uh would you would you do a uh especially because it looks like maybe mechie is not going to play in this game so would you do a? I I mean i guess it's robert woods probably is the wide receiver
0: i don't or i N- don't think N- N- it's I, nico it's nico like i have i mean i'm a nico slappy um and i have more pride than to play robert woods so it's nico if anyone like his his preseason usage was really strong um i just not sure if we get the ceiling like he probably needs to score a touchdown and like what would his, be your over under
1: 4700 which is again because there are actual men price wide
0: receivers like yeah. what he has
1: to achieve is more like,
0: than normal like nico collins feels very likely to if you play this game You're going to feel while you watch the game that you made the correct bring back choice because Nico Hollins will have nine targets. But then at the end of the game, he will have turned it into five catches for 53 yards. And you like wonder why you're at the min cash line. And that's why you're at the min cash line. Cause I mean, Texans are going to be what like over under one and a half touchdowns scored in this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, so like, for example, I'm in a survivor pool uh, or not in in a picks pool where you have like multiple entries and you don't have to pick against the spread. You just pick the winner, yeah. and I picked the Ravens for all five of my entries. I'm like, they're not losing this game. The 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 Texans are drawing completely stone dead here, so I think that it would be indicative of that. I guess, I mean, I brought on the right guy to ask. That would make our friend sixty six hundred dollar J K Dobbins. Oh, I mean, Dobbins. Know. It this is a spot where he will not be owned. No one's touting him, like. I, I have not seen J.K. Dobbins projected over 10% anywhere no, uh, in, no. in terms of ownership. He and might and not in even fact, five. Yeah, he really, I mean, so I'm scrolling. I, I I have to scroll on Roto-Grinders all the way down below Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs and Raheem Mostert to get to J.K. Dobbins, which is, I mean, it's this is the spot to play him, right?
0: This is definitely the spot to play him. Like, He is, I mean, he is by all intents and purposes at full health. We have no reason to suspect that he's not. Uh, I don't think Gus Edwards is a fit in this offense. I I actually the Gus Edwards like under rushing was my underdog prop pick of the week on on the full tilt show. Uh, I, I think that. Basically, the only thing we're going to really learn about Dobbins this week that's of really of real importance is like, is he just going to lose every single passing down to Justice Hill? Maybe the answer to that is yes. If it's not, then I actually think he projects well at 6,600. Um, if he is, then it's kind of the Nick Chubb scenario from the past where it's like he doesn't project well, but he does have the ceiling because he's a really explosive player. He's in this incredible matchup. Like, It's not... Too hard to close your eyes and see 100 yards, two touchdowns to get into the bonus, and at that point we're we're at 25 DraftKings points before he even catches a pass, right? So I think at almost no ownership, um, leveraging off Andrews, like I'm I'm gonna be playing JK Dobbins this week, but obviously that's uh he's kind of a my guy for me. So
1: I mean I'm with you. I I am gonna be I am gonna be playing Dobbins a little bit. I I like Dobbins as a one off. With like a different game stack, uh, like I, I like Dobbins as a one off inside of like uh, Dolphins Chargers stuff. Um, makes makes a lot of sense there. All right, San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, look, we like a lot of these guys. These guys are all good fantasy players in general. This is a really bad yeah. matchup for the Steelers. I'm not particularly interested in really in any of them. I mean, Deontay. I guess I could be talked into at 5300. Naji at 6100 no interest Fryermuth is is priced pretty appropriately i guess if kittle doesn't play debo at 55 i mean i guess maybe even if he doesn't i mean debo at 5500 like it's a guy who can just break fantasy football any given slate anyway
0: yeah um i would be more interested in playing the 49er side for sure um I'm interested in watching the Steelers this year. That's probably maybe might be a team that I get really interested in in week two because I'm kind of bullish on them season long. I'm just not seeing it here. Um, it's there's, a, there's just enough wide receiver options that like I could tell myself a story on Pickens or Deontay, but I, I don't think that I frankly need to. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you're going to get probably access to the 49ers um, in a pretty reasonable way here. And I'm definitely open to playing them. I mean, the Steelers historically have always played pretty quick. So they're they're a pretty ideal team to go up against here. Um, Yeah, I think especially, I mean, do we have, what's the status on Kittle? Like, do we have a clear picture on whether he's playing? I don't think it's super
1: clear. Uh, He has a groin injury and he's been dealing with an abductor strain since August 10th. (laughs) But he was able to, like, play in their final preseason games. Like, I would guess he will probably be
0: available. Okay, so if he's available, but if he's like available but kind of hurt, that probably makes me like the most interested in like Brandon IU maybe at forty nine hundred, where he probably would not draw that much ownership if Kittle is available. Um, but I could, I mean, 49ers pre read everything so much in their game plan where I could see the every I could see every single throw that Brock Purdy makes like having already been scripted without shanahan knowing if george kittle's available and he's just not really included in the program this week so i i think you have an opportunity for for brennan iuk that's probably the guy that i like the most in this game um i have no idea how i would play with him coming back i mean it would be it would be Deontay, but it would just be a, a sheer volume
1: bet it would it would just be it would just be if they're trailing the entire game Deontay johnson gets yeah. 13 passes
0: yeah yeah that, that, just... that really is all it is yeah Deontay is like his just the way that he scores points is so annoying for dfs that he needs to be like two percent owned for me to usually be interested in playing him because i think he i think he will be i don't think i don't think he will be popular here at all yeah if i I mean if it's that low maybe i thought i i thought he might come in and like not highly owned but like eight to ten or something just because he projects well but if he's like if we're talking like under five then sure i would do yeah
1: um all right next up i mean i don't the jacksonville jaguars and the indianapolis Colts. Yeah. so this is interesting for a couple of reasons the first being we're all still trying to parse out what's up with the jacksonville jaguars you know right. like we we uh we have a lot of oh. thoughts about how calvin ridley christian kirk zay jones evan ingram and travis Etienne's touches will be distributed we don't really know and the way people are talking about Anthony Richardson and the Colts, you would think they're just like dead on their feet. Pretty healthy team total, pretty healthy game total here. Uh, people are talking like this yeah. is going to be the Houston Texans or the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think that's the case now. I am not playing Deion Jackson
0: in any tournaments at all. I think, no, Deion Jackson, that's that would Deion Jackson is the stone worst play.
1: Do. Yeah.
0: You went in the ninth round in my main event today, by the way. Um, was, I thought that was egregious. Um, I, will, I have a game prepared for for this one. Um, so we're gonna play a game called "Member of a Famous Eighties Band" or "Colt Secondary Starter."
1: Oh, I won't um, be able to get
0: any of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can guess. <laughs> Do you think that Daryl Baker Jr. is a member of a popular nineteen eighties rock band or a starting member of the Indianapolis Colt secondary?
1: Daryl baker jr i'm going colt secondary
0: that is that is our starting right cornerback um uh the next person on this list is greg hawks
1: greg hawks that's that sounds 80s rock that sounds that sounds like he was in poison
0: (laughs) it's correct not not that he's in poison but greg hawks was a member of the cars the Cars. um here we go okay next up here on the list we have al greenwood
1: that's a colt's ass name that's a that's a that's that you could tell me he was uh kylan granson's direct backup
0: or something Uh, al greenwood was in foreigner damn (laughs) okay uh and then we have juju brents
1: juju juju is a football name juju is a football name
0: it's gotta be yeah. Yeah. juju Brents is the uh as the colts uh third round pick this year he'll also be starting um they the colts literally like they're down so bad um that they are starting like daryl baker jr the first name like they're, they're starting a undrafted free agent at right cornerback <laughs> um like it and then they're and then dallas flowers is the other guy and that's the second year guy they have juju brents like all their entire secondary is just either this year's or previous year's day three picks and UDFAs. They lost Isaiah Rogers um for gambling. They traded Stefan Gilmore because he didn't want to play for them anymore. Um they still have Kenny Moore, although he's um not particularly good anymore. Uh and it's they're starting three UDFAs out of four in the secondary. So it's it's a disaster. I've seen people starting to catch on to this. I'm a little scared that the Jags doubles are going to become like far more popular than I'm seeing them currently projecting. And then that would scare me. But the nice thing is, is there's four viable options. So I think that even if the Jags doubles become popular, you can land on a not super popular one. Although on the other side, you you can then just be correct, but land on the exact wrong players. So I, I'm going to be playing the Lawrence doubles for sure. Who would be your preferred two?
1: Um, I mean, I think my preferred would be ridley and kirk i i have a feeling that kirk is going to be the one that gets sort of shunted when people are building whether it be with hand or with optimizers because of uh, the salary range that he falls in so kirk is i gotta filter over to wide receiver here kirk is 15 percent projected ownership that's is a that would be too high for me at 5600 if zay is actually forty five hundred. If Zay is if Zay at forty five hundred is like two to four percent, then it would be Ridley and Zay. And I th- actually think we could test our thesis, or at least my thesis. I, I can't, I can't for sure ascribe this to you that ETN can catch passes by playing them together by playing Lawrence ETN uh and, and yeah. ridley or kirk or zay and, and i don't think i actually to be clear i don't think kirk at 15 percent is too high but that would take him away from being like a favored play to me i think
0: i don't think he'll be 15 um i i will say this like this is my um hand in the dirt colts fan take like they they play so much zone and their secondary is so bad that like they really are one of those defenses that you can kind of target types of receivers against um this does feel like a kirk engram game to me like in terms of where the colts are just going to give up production it's going to be consistently over the middle of the field like i don't know if you remember the colts chargers monday night football game last year this is every week of the colts but this was just really really stuck out where like mike williams had like three targets and keenan allen had like 18 and he was just repeatedly having like eight yard gain after eight yard gain after eight yard gain the only problem is is that like my Christian Kirk is going to be the best option against the Colts defense take directly lines up against my, the market is not properly factoring in that Zay Jones is going to run more routes than him take. So I'm a little torn between the two. I think I would just mix and match them, but I I think Kirk, I just, I guess I just struggle to believe that he's actually going to be 15%. Um, is, is my take. But if he if he is, then he's probably not the world's greatest play. Uh, if he's in like 10, I, I would focus on him for sure. I, I just think there's so much more excitement about Ridley. You look at like the late season best ball movement and managed where Ridley is steaming up and Kirk is falling down. I, I understand people will like be in their optimizers, but the vibes are so much Ridley arrow up, Kirk arrow down. I would really struggle for me to envision a bunch of people clicking kirk and not clicking ridley this week yeah
1: i i think that i think that is right would you bring back any of downs Pittman, or alec pierce i don't really think it's necessary i mean if i was
0: gonna do anyone i guess it would be pierce because it just takes one play um at 6200 feels like a chore uh I have tried to talk myself into which Colts tight end is going to run 65% of the routes with Jelani woods on IR. It's Um, Mo Alley. And the answer has not occurred to me. I I mean, Mo Alley Cox, like he doesn't really run that many routes. Like I think Kylan will run more routes than him, but I don't know. He'll be useless too. So I'm, I'm probably not playing a bring back. I'm certainly not playing Deion Jackson. Um, I mean, they're gonna in, make in, Zach the Moss. They're gonna much.
1: they're gonna make Zach Moss play in this game. Evan Hole is gonna come in this game, it, and and they're not gonna get any goal line carries. I I am right. going to IKB the projections. I will not be in on Deion Jackson.
0: What's why is the market so confident that Deion Jackson is clearly ahead of Evan Hall? Like, what's that based on?
1: Well, I, keep I in really mind, know. it is it is Thursday, but it's that Deion Jackson started last year. He also had a 10 reception game when Matt Ryan was his quarterback and posted like sure. a GPP winning score. Matt
0: Ryan is no longer his quarterback.
1: <laughs> right. But the right now, the projections are whole is the running back too, and Zach Moss is not in the projection. So this is all going to change on Sunday morning when Zach yeah. Moss is in.
0: I think what's I think Zach Moss is going to play is from what I've been reading. Uh, I'm not like I say I'm seventy percent positive he's going to play. Uh, and Zach Moss will have twelve carries for twenty six yards on twenty three percent of the snaps. He'll do his Jordan Howard impersonation, and then Deion Jackson and Evan Hall. I think will like split the rest of the work fairly evenly. Um, I mean, in the preseason, Jackson and Hall were rotating close to evenly. Like Jackson started, but right. I. I don't think that he is going to be like some workhorse. Like even the game that he smashed, he wasn't really a workhorse as much as he was splitting with Lindsay. And he just wound up in this insane game where Matt Ryan threw like 58 passes and his arm can't throw downfield. So he was just getting peppered. Uh, I played Deion Jackson that week and it was, it was incredible, but I I don't think that you want anything to do with a Colts running back in this spot. No, no, you do
1: not. All right. Next game. Actually, Loki, if you are using Derek Cardis. The blitz projections, he loves Baker Mayfield. He loves Godwin. Uh, I mean, look, we all love Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is a phenomenal play. I'm not as in on the market as this Alexander Madison play. Could be wrong. That's one of the spots in week one. I'm I'm most, I think I'm maybe best ball brained on that Madison probably is gonna clearly open the season as the starter. And I should probably stop thinking about Ty Chandler. Like I don't need to be thinking about Ty Chandler and DFS right now. Tampa Bay, uh, I mean, look, they have a shitty defense, but they have some good skill position players on offense. That's kind of like the right recipe to get yeah. into a good game with Minnesota because Minnesota has a shitty defense. I I could actually very easily see Derek's projections being correct and, and this being the game that everyone's like, oh, shit, why didn't we just stack the dome game with the two shitty defenses and the quarterbacks who just kind of like chunk it around? But right. I have a hard time clicking – I don't, maybe I won't have a hard time clicking Chris Godwin. Actually, Chris Godwin's generally a pretty easy click for me. So maybe I should just be
0: playing $5,900 well, Chris Godwin. Well, Godwin's going to be like five times zoned as, as Evans, right? Yes. And I, that, that, this would be my take. Like, this is no longer the Ed Donatel Vikings. This is now the Brian Flores Vikings. They'll be playing man coverage constantly. Um, I, I think that, like, this is a big like man-zone split situation where we have Godwin's the preferred option with zone. Evans is usually your preferred option in a man matchup. And he's marginally more expensive. He's going to be way less owned. Um, I, I'm just clicking Evans every time in this slot. I think he's a really strong play in a really plus matchup at virtually no ownership and reasonable leverage off of two of his teammates. And then it's it's the all projected volume dead zone running back ball, right? Like you could yeah. you can just make the exact case for either of these guys, which is if you desire to play Rashad White or Alexander Madison in a daily fantasy sports tournament this year, there's no time like the present. Like their they're, they're stranglehold over the job will never be more secure and, than it is. And
1: White, week. Madison looks like a little chalky. White looks
0: like it'll basically be free. Yeah, so I would do like, I think what I might do actually is if I was playing the puke stack, I might do Baker, White, Evans. I, I mean, if you are using the Blitz,
1: which I will use uh, to some degree this year, you will get a lot of that. You will get a lot. And it's actually, it's kind of a fun way because Jefferson is going to, because of the, just the way salaries shook out, Jefferson is going to be so, so owned this week. Yeah. And it's a fun way to get exposure to him in a way that actually makes your lineups better instead of just like oh justin jefferson was the guy you needed in week one like jefferson going off actually does obviously positively correlate with baker evans godwin i mean that's a puke stack that is like very cheap baker will yeah i mean i don't know if i have the stones to do it but it is it is kind of interesting
0: yeah i just feel it, it makes a ton of sense the only thing holding me back is that do I really want to start my DFS season with Baker Mayfield? Like that just doesn't seem right. fun, but, but no, I, I fully not. understand the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not that fun. Uh, okay. Carolina, Atlanta, this is my flag plant of the week nice. sticking it in the ground. Bijan Robinson, $8,000 sub 5% ownership on every site. I maybe it won't be sub, maybe it'll be sub 10. I, I don't like be
0: sub
1: five. Bijan is the man. They did not. I. I am, and I am full aware that these words could have been said about Drake London. These words could have said about Kyle Pitts, but they did not draft this dude to play behind Tyler Algier. They did not draft him to be an offensive weapon. I don't think, and I think th- maybe the most important thing though is with Arthur Smith is I don't think Arthur Smith is going to believe in any of this. Uh, we got to ease him in. We got to make him earn it type stuff because Algier. Once the injuries happened, it was just off to the races. You know, once – I don't even remember the name of the running – Damian was one of them, but then there was another one.
0: Damian Williams, Caleb Huntley.
1: Yeah. So, point being, P. John Robinson is a fucking stud. Carolina sucks really bad. I mean, Atlanta's not good either, but Carolina – like, I'm not even talking about quality of run defense, but I'm just talking about team quality. Like, this is not going to be a spot where Atlanta – is where we're watching them on red zone and they're down 10 points and they're still running and the clock's running out and we're just screaming at the television. Like this is actually a spot where Arthur Smith is not going to turn me into the Joker.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that they could smash Carolina. Um, I definitely like the vision. Uh as a sign of personal growth. I won't be playing Kyle Pitts this weekend. Um, Dude, he's only 4,600. I just feel, I feel so free. I made the decision that he will just not, like I'm just excluding him from any simulations. Uh, and it it felt very freeing uh, as soon as I made that decision. Um, Mingo is probably going to be less owned than some of these other 3K guys, right?
1: Yeah, Mingo, Mingo is a
0: really, really strong play. So I think he is a smash play because people are looking at Hayden Hurst more, I think. I'll tell you, I will not be uh, clicking is Miles Sanders. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think Mingo is, uh, are, is like are you worried, result. dude? Are you worried? <laughs> no, I think that Carolina is going to get smashed in this game. Um, I'm, I'm very on the Atlanta side of this. Uh, the, the Panthers offense is so bad at the best of times. And there seems like their entire wide receiver core is cute or will be playing banged up or some capacity, which makes me very excited about Mingo. Um, I'm not going to be engaging in probably top three own tight end Hayden Hurst. Cause that just seems like not a good decision to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mingo Bijan, that seems fun.
1: It does seem fun. I cannot say that I'm clean of Kyle Pitts. I, I will probably be playing him. I probably won't. I, I almost certainly will not be playing them together in the same lineups, but no,
0: Would you play Ritter?
1: I would not play Ritter here. I am waiting to deploy Ritter later on. Later on, Saints, yeah, you know, I Saints, agree. Saints, uh, Saints at home. Uh, well, shit, I don't know, man. Maybe I will. I, I might. I'm thinking about it. Sean is pretty in on Ritter, and Ritter we in. have. This is maybe more like 2019 DFS thinking, but. It used to be the case in DFS that like uh, twice a year, Mitch Trubisky and Marcus Mariota would win someone a million dollars because they'd give you 27 points at 5,100 or whatever. Now, Lamar and these guys are scoring so many points that it's kind of hard to access that. Uh, But a a non-Mahomes slate uh, and a non-Josh Allen slate, so maybe it makes it uh, marginally more acceptable to go with the true punt. Next up, Philadelphia in New England. I'm not playing a single guy on New England other than Hunter Henry, uh, and even that, I don't know. I haven't cl- I'm, I haven't started a hand building yet, but Henry, I would maybe click. The Eagles, honestly, I would say this is like a shitty spot. This is like the most. Uh, you you played Jalen Hurts double. You played Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith has 87 yards and two touchdowns at halftime, and you're like, I'm you're, I'm winning everything. I'm counting all your money. And then it's it's fucking Rashad Penny and Boston Scott getting carries in the, Elliot Shore Parks is tweeting. See, this is a good reason for Trey Sermon to be active in this game. I, I think New England stinks, but we could get into this spot this year, Jacob, where that's the way the market is going to play the Eagles. They yeah. have nine, new, nine new starters on defense. I believe a lot of people who know more about football than me say their defense is not going to be as good this season. You know, if you, and if you're early to that trend on the Eagles, there this would be a good chance to get paid.
0: Uh, certainly. I'm I'm torn. Like I think if we had one of Mahomes or Allen on the slate, I think that I would probably be flag planting Eagle stacks this week because they would probably be under the radar just since they're such an unattractive spot. But because those other guys are not on the slate, I don't think that there's any hiding from Jalen Hurts. So I think you're still gonna have to play him into ownership. And you're not getting the benefit of a very favorable matchup, both either in terms of the defense being particularly horrendous or especially like the offense, just not being able to keep up. So not sure that I'll make them a major focus this week. Um, if I was to do it, it's probably just a single stack, I suppose, in this spot. And yeah, the New England, I mean... Yeah, I don't really want to play a New England Patriot. I guess you hit on it. Hunter Henry seems unobjectionable, but I'm I'm not playing like Juju or anything. And I, I I will play Ramondre plenty of times this year, but it's not going to be this week.
1: Yep. Uh. All right. Vegas. Denver. This is where our mid-price wide receiver comes in to play. Marvin Mims is is sitting there at uh at dead minimum salary. So you got to decide between Marvin Mims, Jaden Reed, and Tutu Atwell. So. Uh I mean I'll probably play Mims in cash. I do think Tutu is like a, a pretty good tournament play against these Seattle yeah. uh defenders. And uh Tutu, he, he can get deep, he can get deep on one, but I mean Mims, yeah, Mims is just a fucking really good play. And Devonte Adams is also, in my mind, a phenomenal play. And his ownership, eight percent. Meanwhile, Chase 15, Jefferson 20, Tyreek 20. Godwin, really high. Waddle, really high. Alave, really high. Like, he's in such a dead salary zone. There's a corner. There's a corner for uh, the Broncos, though, that people are worried about. Um, Patrick Sertan.
0: Yes. Yeah. They they certainly are worried.
1: Uh, (laughs) That was pretty good.
0: uh, I love Marvin Mims, and I don't want it to be uh, ever said that I don't. But if he comes in, like, 20% owned in his first ever NFL game. That's egregious. I
1: mean, it's, it's happened. It's (laughs) happening. Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, you you can't click his name. Um, No, like, didn't we do this uh, with Elijah Moore two years ago in his first NFL game and he caught like zero passes. Uh, I feel like I, I, that, that rings a bell. There's, there's functionally no difference between Marvin Mims and Jonathan Mingo if Judy misses within a one game sample like if you're saying well, who, to who do see, you think Mims is better if you're saying you know season long sure but like they're going to run the same amount of routes and one of them is is not owned it's just that the difference is like Mingo's a starter because he's literally a starter and Mims is a starter because somebody else is hurt and the market is like you have to play the one where somebody else is hurt but they're they're not as willing to just play the one who is going to start anyways
1: so who do you think scores? Who do you think is the best play out of Mims, Atwell, Reed, and Mingo?
0: Uh, ownership included or ownership not considered?
1: Yeah, both both answers. Both answers.
0: So in a total vacuum, I would say Reed one. Um, I mean, I'm assuming both Dubs and Watson miss at this moment. So I think I would be but Reed one. Watson, yeah, Watson seems like almost a lock to miss. Um. So I would probably go read one. Mims two. Mingo three two two four, but like it's a pretty small margin I would say all around. So like the notion. Yeah, of I think be you. I think you let owners consolidating.
1: I, all I think the you let ownership,
0: ownership
1: is, uh, decide yeah. on that. Uh, are you are you into P Ryan? I I'm pretty into P Ryan here. Really, um, I I do think this will be the Eze Man Javante game. I think Javante. I think Javante gets like. Eight carries, four targets. You know, like I think it's something like that. I think, but I think it's more sure. like a 60, 60 40 for P. Ryan.
0: But that leaves what for P. Ryan?
1: Well, the goal line stuff and like the meaningful high value long down and distance. Like I think Javante is likely to get targeted on early downs.
0: Yeah, like I mean, if Piran was like if Jamal, like wasn't playing, then Piran at fifty one hundred dollars the Mega Smash, but he's still not a very efficient player. I'm well, it's it's just that
1: he's leverage on these these shit running back plays. Yeah, the, the that makes the, sense. The, the Dion Jackson, the Jamal Williams, like the, right. the Rashad Whites, you know, like that stuff. It's like it's like yeah, I don't really think Rashad White's in that different of a situation than Smash Piran, you know, with Sean Tucker behind him.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I just have a guy that I like more. Um but I, I'm I now under I understand this module JP Ryan thesis. I, I could see it. I'm just not super excited about clicking like a not that great running back who's in a timeshare. I mean, we're also hearing Julian McLaughlin is gonna play offensive snaps in this game. So some beat writer said he's gonna play twenty percent of the snaps.
1: I don't I don't know about right. that. I don't if know if he's about
0: playing that. 20% of the snaps, then like, yeah, my, my, my
1: play, my there. play from this game is Adams. My, my, that is my leverage play yes. from this game. That's really all I got. Uh, all right, like that game of the week, highest total, most ownership. The two most owned, uh, wide receivers are coming from the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. Got incredibly high projected ownership on Tyreek and Waddle. Mike Williams is above 15%, Keenan Allen is juiced all the way up. Um, do you have any interest in Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnson? I mean, Everett is the, uh, I can't decide if Everett is middle, middle curve or, or right curve. I, I, I truly cannot decide. (laughs) I I've been, I've been going back and forth on it all week. I, I think. Uh,
0: I think Everett's right curve.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. Everett's right curve. I I can't decide. I can't decide because, because it feels like, no, you play the tight end in in the, the high, Projected ownership game, you know, and then and then you get leverage off of Keenan Allen, but then it's like, yeah, but he's fucking Gerald Everett, which is like the most middle curve shit to
0: play. So I I had the most like my first thought on Gerald Everett this week was this is the best time to play Gerald Everett because Palmer's going to be running more routes than Quentin Johnson, and that's like a five percent delta in targets per route run from that position of the field, which is going to allocate towards like Gerald Everett. And that's like a very right curve opinion. So that's why I was like, I think he's, he's right curve. Um, but I, I definitely see that you've got to take your tenant. I mean, I think Everett,
1: I literally would rather play Durham Smythe. Like unironically, I probably will play Durham Smythe in is a, a couple of spots.
0: If I'm playing Tua in any lineup, Durham Smythe is a hundred percent attached because he's, he's going to get all the goal line routes. I think he can run like 65% of the routes total uh and he's so cheap and he's not even going to be owned so i think durham Smythe is a fantastic click. i'm not sure i'll click him like solo but i would i would use him as a bring back uh in herbert when i'm not using everett i would definitely use him like i I think every tua lineup would be a like a tua plus one of the big guys in durham Smythe. what do you what what do you think
1: is the profitability of a lineup that is tua keenan allen tyreek waddle 3k wide receiver cheap tight end and then the mid-tier the mid-tier running backs and the non-commanders defense like do you think that is like a reasonable avenue to winning or do you think that that is too chalky
0: um i think that it's a reasonable avenue to winning but you're probably now forced into a path to winning, which is picking better 3K wide receivers. And yeah, it's it's
1: fix. it's you. You better not play Mims on that lineup. You better play Mingo or Atwell or Nakua right. or whatever. Yeah,
0: which is like a perfectly reasonable thing. I mean, it's basically just like you're you're taking all of your friends with you. It's like the Tour de France, right? It's like you have like the guy in the yellow jersey, and you're like, okay, now you go in front, and you go in front, and like we're all just going to take turns drafting the wind halfway up the mountain, and then you're just hoping that you can bike a little bit faster than them when you get up to the top because everybody's coming with you on that whole construction. You just need your guy to outscore Marvin Mims, and you need your shitty defense to would score the Commanders. I think it's viable. It's just probably not my my favorite. Like I would prefer to just get off that construction, and I think that there's guys you can you can play to do that.
1: What is your expectation for quentin johnston's routes in week one
0: 32 percent.
1: yeah okay so he's not playable i i obviously there will there is some justin jeffersoning chance happening here where like one week he is gonna yeah. pop ahead of josh palmer and we're not gonna know but i I do not think it's this week. This is also, like, a huge game for them. Like, I it's weird for, for yeah. a week one to be a huge game, but, like, if they blow this game, they're already starting to look at those wild card standings being like, shit, we just lost yeah. the tiebreaker. So, like, we, yeah, like, it, I, it is crazy to be talking about that in week one, but it is very if,
0: real. If yeah. QJ was 3K, then I would totally. be very interested. But yeah. at $4,400, he needs to have, like, a legitimate role.
1: Yeah. All right. Next game green bay chicago Mostert, on... by the
0: way like where oh where yeah most like see... and a chain yeah yeah well i, I don't know if a chain is even gonna like play much in this game um i mean the the people Dude, in the like, big your, keep, world are saying it's keep Chris your Brooks.
1: keep your third eye open on 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 devon a chain i i think that they might have their hand forced by this jeff wilson jr injury not that he's like a particularly good dfs play um right. i mean if he was sub one percent owned maybe but i mean mostert doesn't even actually project a stone chalk right now no No, i I don't get that one he will play
0: him than jamal williams
1: he will once zach mosses announces in he will become much more chalky once zach
0: mosses announces in Um, but there are there are enough options in that range like there's just a lot of viable plays like there is uh jamal there's rashad white there's raheem mostert there's brian robinson there's uh like there's there's just so many dudes that are in the in like between five and 5.5 5 that are are totally viable this week um and look i love Devin, devon devon a chain but I, I think i'm i'm still all in in seasonal formats dice formats i think he's probably gonna play like six snaps this week
1: fair enough uh okay bears Packers is really only interesting I I do not think Herbert is a good play I think the median projections on Herbert are not baking in enough risk both ways I don't think they're I don't know if they're baking in enough because if Dante Foreman is active then it's really fragile but if Roshan's active it's actually really fragile it's it's actually fragile both ways um and I'm prepared to be wrong like Khalil Herbert could totally be a guy that beats me it is what it is And you also are going to have to have an opinion this week on Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed because they project as the absolute stone chalk.
0: I think Herbert is... uh, I think Herbert is playing two out of every three series and no third downs. And I think that that's the case no matter what happens with Foreman and Roshan. And some combination of Foreman and Roshan or one of Foreman and Roshan will play every third down and every third series and the rest goes to herbert so the question is can khalil herbert turn his 18 carries and one target on those two out of every three series into 20 DraftKings points against a defense that doesn't try to stop the run
1: yeah i mean he definitely can because he's a fantasy points over exp- uh over expected over expectation guy um, so he totally can, I, I could see not being in on Herbert being the, the reason why, like I don't win this week or whatever. I mean, amongst the the millions of reasons to that, I won't win this week, but that, that definitely could be one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I personally have no interest in playing, uh, Justin Fields stacks to playing DJ no. Moore or anyone with him. But I could totally be convinced that this is actually a good spot like Justin Fields finished quarterback one I think three separate times last season no one scored more points than him at quarterback and uh honestly yeah so yeah he is competing against Lamar but he's not competing against uh he's not competing against Mahomes not competing against Allen like Fields is I mean at five percent or whatever like he could completely be the guy you needed in week one I'm very open to that
0: I am too my only thing with this game is like there's a lot of cheap pieces in it, and this game might set the all-time record for most rushing attempts in a game. It totally like, could. I mean this this game kicks off at at noon, right?
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, no, it's no, over... no. No, this Where's is the late this game? is this is uh this is the uh, the Fox TV game in the afternoon. Okay.
0: All right. So I think I think that it's in play that if a noon game goes to overtime, that this one ends first. I think it's just
1: gonna be. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, it was the it was the game that um it was the game that uh, Malik Willis started for the Titans yes. last year against yes. the Texans, and it was like that game was over. <laughs> that game was over in like two hours and seventeen minutes because the clock just there was no reason for the clock to ever be stopping. Yeah, right. It was. Insane. I mean, the
0: Bears want to run the ball a ton. The Packers will always let you run. There, they've been a run funnel defense forever. And then the Packers probably also really want to run and they have no receivers and the bears run defense is also shit. So like you have two teams that want to run that are even further incentivized to run against defenses that want to allow you to run. Like, I don't even know if that means that the running backs get there. Cause like the bears could have 18, they could have 17 carries to Khalil Herbert 11 carries to Deontay Foreman, six carries to Roshan Johnson and 12 carries to Justin Fields. Like, That's so And nobody gets play. there. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they have 13 pass attempts and like the Packers could score like 13 points and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon split it up the middle or whatever. So like, I don't know that this means anyone gets there, but I, I think that there's a pretty easy path to just literally every player fails because there are 89 total plays run. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm complete. Yeah. The more I think about it, like, actually that's actually a path to people who are playing like Musgrave is going to get piled on. Reed is going to get piled right. on and there's like a clear path to those guys just like seeing like three targets. This, this yeah. game
0: might not hit 45 combined passing attempts.
1: Yeah, it really, it really, like, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope <laughs> that both of these two teams are like, we like our young quarterbacks and we want them to I play fun, so exciting football, but <laughs> I don't think that's the most likely thing. Uh, final game, the Los Angeles Rams without Cooper cup still with the 21 God. point team total, which is honestly kind of funny to me, uh, yeah, against the, against the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, what a, what a, uh, game to end on here. I mean, we, we <laughs> have, we are going to have the professional debut of Jackson Smith and Jigba. We've got the perennially underrated Tyler Lockett. We've got Metcalf against the team he has owned in the past. Uh, no more Jalen Ramsey, though, to for people to be worried about.
0: That's true. You're no longer worried about any Rams corner. And
1: the weirdest thing in all of this is that Walker ends up being just absolutely stone chalk, just projects as one of the three or four most owned plays of the entire slate. And uh, you know what? I think it's good chalk. I think I, I'm more than yep. com- like, I'm more comfortable clicking Kenneth Walker than Madison, then Deion Jackson, then Jamal Williams. I think this is the type of spot where I, Because I feel like he can get there on 17 touches. Whereas I'm not certain that Madison can get there on 17 touches.
0: That's the thing. Like so many of the chalk running backs this week are not actually very good at football. And so I'm like pretty, I just don't fear them because I'm like, you need to accumulate so many touches or get two touchdowns to beat me. But Walker could have 185 rushing yards. Uh, I will play some Walker. He would be the chalky piece this week that I'm the most terrified to fade. In lineups where I'm not fading Walker, I'm definitely playing a Seahawks wide receiver in all of them, I think. Like I I have no, I cannot picture a world in which Seattle does not get there. It's just a matter of through whom to me. Like the Rams defense is so bad. Their offense is probably not going to put up any resistance. Um I I mean, I think a Geno double this week is pretty in play. Like I could see people being scared of that because of the game script, but they're gonna destroy this team like that that's ram secondary is competing with the colts for worst secondary in the league probably and they're not gonna have a pass rush at this point really it's just aaron donald um so i, I would feel pretty good about gino lighting up this rams team and if you do him with dk and lockett i mean i, I don't know is JSN clickable like how many what's his route participation this week higher than qj i think but I'm higher than qj about it but
1: your bit equity is pretty high for being the first guy to have a JSN NFL DFS screenshot. Like right. that's pretty important, you know. Like, you, you, see, so you got you got to factor that in. I I would say the right way to leverage Best Ball Brain though is to be playing Lockett right now. Just like let if the people want to click JSN, let them click JSN. I'm not even saying it's bad, but Lockett is your seven for one forty two and two candidate here against the Los Angeles Rams.
0: If uh if JSN was $100 cheaper I would have so much more because Jamar Chase was $4,800 in week one when he absolutely destroyed after a bunch of preseason FUD and if I then saw that JSM was also exactly $4,800 I would have no choice but to do it for the bid equity but at $4,900 we've lost the symmetry appeal um so I I don't need to do it it's also like he's the way JSN's gonna get there when he eventually gets there is like just accumulation of targets, right? I'm not really as scared about the like the deep threat with him. So probably not gonna be interested in playing him this week, but I would be so fucking happy if that's what buries me. Um uh, like if, if the reason I lose a yeah, DS oh, to- is yes. because JSN has 25 points, I'm hats off. Like so I just go. got
1: uh I just got done drafting, -drafting, auto-drafting all my teams on drafters. Not all of them were auto-drafted, but I auto-drafted these last little bits. And uh, I am up to 66% JSN exposure, almost $2,000 of JSN exposure on drafters. So I will completely take it. Uh, All right. My flag plant, I will say, I mean, obviously the number one flag plant is Bijan Robinson. Why did I just say it like that? I must be getting loopy. Bijan Robinson. uh, My... Favorite way to stack games is honestly it is I I'm I'm just it is Miami and the Chargers, but you gotta do something weird in there, whether it be playing A-Chain, whether it be playing Smythe, whether it be playing I mean, maybe you play Eckler with Tua and Waddle, but no Tyreek and no just some some way to change the product ownership. But I do, to me. That it's it's that game and it's everything else i think that game is a clear tier above all
0: other games certainly is um i will do the same idea so my individual play shockingly to everyone i'm sure is jk dobbins there's so many shocky running back plays that i don't think anybody's really going to be that interested in spending up sixty six hundred dollars in the mid-range Uh, For J.K. Dobbins, who has an absolute smash matchup and might just have a way better role than anybody is projecting in base. And then sticking with that theory of kind of being in the mid level so that I'm avoiding doing all of these 3K wide receivers that I don't want to click and 5K running backs that I don't want to click is going to be the Jaguars double stacks. Um, So basically, any combination of Lawrence plus two is going to have you living with three pieces in that middle salary range. In really small field stuff, I think you could even go as crazy as Lawrence Plus Three um, and just play for the complete onslaught. Um, but uh Lawrence plus two will probably be my most common stack for sure this week against a Colts secondary. Take it from a Colts fan that is absolutely fucking horrendous.
1: Beautiful. I you talked me into it. You you I have actually been talked into this. I think I'm gonna find a way to do some ETN stacks with uh with mr lawrence i'd be, and fine, with the too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine with that receivers yeah all right fellas we are gonna get out of here we will be back next week i will be back with you guys tomorrow with one mr rich rebar jacob is gonna go sleep off his long journey through the american wild west and uh yeah hope thursday Night football is awesome sure. for everybody